Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Move Nourished podcast, where we discuss nutritious eating, functional movement, and herbal medicine to help you move, eat, and live better. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. We're clinical herbalists, movement coaches, and wellness nerds. Let's get started. So, dear listeners, this is our third, fourth, third episode demystifying adaptogens. Fourth. Fourth episode. Thank you, Forrest. Um, Fourth. Yeah. (laughs) And so today we have come full circle and we're going to tell you what the real adaptogens are, basically, because it's not that nothing exists that can help you in the herbal world, at least, that can help you adapt better to stress over the long term. It's just that those things aren't the things that we commonly call adaptogens in the commercialized herbal market. A point that we have like beat you over the head with for three episodes. <laughs> so if we just in review, a stringe or retract the definition of adaptogen back <laughs> to the original Russian research, which is it helps with short-term stress adaptation, typically right. stimulating short-term people. Gives you superpowers, but for the short term. So think of yes. uh, insert any given superpower movie or sitcom example here where it's like a normal human can take this certain compound and they get superpowers for a short period of time, but then it wears off and they have to go save the world before it wears off. Well, that's the kind of thing we're thinking with these adaptogens yes. in the sense of like ginseng, rhodiola, eleuthero, etc. However, there, there is we have restorative tonics. Yes. That increase general nervous system resilience, we can say. And we can think this is what a lot of people think adaptogens are. They go, oh, it's adaptogen. Mm-hmm. It helps you adapt to stress. You take right. it long term and it builds your resilience. No. <laughs> no. Short term. It just gives you lots of energy <laughs> and helps you not, you know, like, and then you end up with more burnout than you started with. So, yes. Um, there are the plants that the category would be restorative tonics or nerve tonics or even like sometimes people just say nervines. Right. And that's a big category. There's lots of plants that affect the nervous system. But we are going to talk about some of our favorite ones. And these are the plants that actually help you adapt to stress better over time. If we think yes. about the analogy of a car, these plants, when taken consistently over time, make your gas tank bigger make your mile per gallon fuel efficiency better, and they actually increase your bandwidth or capacity over time. Now, what they, most of them, what they don't really do is give you energy in the short term, right? Some of these plants are, their purpose is to help you get more out of your rest. So it's important to highlight that so that when people, if they go to take something like this and they are expecting it to give them energy in the moment, not going to happen. I mean, some of them have We make a distinction, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to the plants, but we make a distinction between plants that are uplifting and plants that are explicitly stimulating or I would even say like energizing. It exists on on this continuum, right? There are plants that that are uplifting that aren't necessarily stimulating. Yes, and it's interesting because a lot of these herbs that are the resilience-building restorative types exist in this middle realm. They're not Mm. stimulants like Mm -hmm. ginseng. But they also are not relaxants, strong relaxants like right. we think of with like, like sedatives. Yeah, they're not, where it's yeah. set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so some of them, their net effect is a combination of a relaxed, relaxed, but energized. Yes. Um, clear. I feel like there's mm-hmm. like you feel there's a sharpness and a clarity to some of them that it's, it just helps you 
focus the camera better, if you will. I would, yeah, I would agree to that. But yes, absolutely. Some of them, you know, some of them are relaxing. And I think one other thing that's important for folks to remember and keep in mind when they are starting a journey with any of these plants is that to the fried nervous system, any amount of relaxation can feel sedative at first. So just know that sometimes I give clients plants and I'm like, this is, it's relaxing. It's going to help relieve their stress. And then they'll come back to me like, I didn't like, I felt like it sedated me. I didn't feel like I could go. But it's like, well, I I hear you. But also I, I want to offer that there is a certain component of that that is our nervous systems adapt and they become used to operating at this like high vibration. And then anything that even lowers vibration, that vibration, even to a more sustainable amount, feels like I'm not going to be able to confront all the stressors in the world if I'm not vibrating at a really high frequency all the time. On the opposite end of that spectrum, nervous systems that have been bombarded to break down and become very sensitive mm-hmm. can sometimes feel stimulated. Sensitized, from the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can be stimulated or triggered by herbs that are more right. often perceived as relaxing. relaxing. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so that's the gist here, people. We are revealing to you what the true adaptogens are in this episode, the real MVPs of the game here, because while, as we have said, those stimulating ones absolutely have a use, if you are curious about what we consider the proper use of those stimulating adaptogenic plants, go back to the previous episode and where we go through exactly how we think it is proper and and safe to use those plants. But for today, we want to talk about plants that you actually can use every single day of your life in a way that is safe and effective for expanding your bandwidth, expanding your capacity. And so in getting ready to this podcast, I struggled with how to make it not a lecture. That's my 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 go-to bandwidth. You are a life. teacher. Mm-hmm. You, um, you are a teacher at heart. Let's give you the categories of all the different yeah. uh, nutritive tonics and things like that. And I I think to distill this a little bit and and cut the time a little bit is what if, Alyssa, you and I make our dream team formula? If somebody said, look, look, we get what you're saying about adaptogens, but we just want What's the juice? Give me the juice. Get cut to the chase. What's (laughs) what's your formula? So if all all these adaptogen adrenal tonic formulas on the market are usually filled with stimulants, not exactly what we want. If we were to create formulas mm. that's like our pick of mm-hmm. if I could give the, the world if I could give the world, give the world if I could give the world an adaptation formula. Mm-hmm. If we could give the world the like long term adapt mm-hmm. So if you could give the world a good long term adaptation formula, what would it be, Alyssa? Ooh, okay. So the first thing that comes to mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and give uh two. Is that okay? <laughs> Because one is a liquid formula and one is capsule. So, and I know, you know, I'm going to cheat and say the first thing that comes to mind that I feel like we've talked about in the past is ashwagandha. And I like that. You and I have talked about how those doses are actually effective in tincture form more so than we think. But I still really like the capsules, even from the standpoint of I find it to be more applicable to modern life a lot of times. So I feel like ashwagandha is really appropriate for those people that I won't really effectively be able to get to take yeah. a formula or if they're like new to herbs, sometimes capsules are a little bit easier. So I think the the method is the medicine sometimes and so it's part of the medicine. So I think the, or as part of getting the consistency and the only good herbs are the herbs that 
you're going to actually take. So I also like that about ashwagandha. Like ashwagandha works great as capsules Mm -hmm. at like the at the easiest end of user friendly. Yep. But then also like my favorite use of it is a boiled milk decoction. Like when you're getting the root and boiling it in coconut milk and taking the time. So it really like it can meet where you are and you can grow with ashwagandha. Yeah, I love that. It does really meet you where you are. And we've talked about this pretty extensively in the past, this plant. But just to give you like the primer on this one, I would consider this. And I have actually started to see ashwagandha in some formulas that are labeled as adaptogenic formulas recently. They usually yes. also have a bunch of st- stimulants in them, which like, okay. Yeah, I will. We, we'll say that ashwagandha is the one on this list that usually is on the other list and yes. usually is in the other formulas. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I um I appreciate that it is getting a lot of it's seeing the light of day more. And it, it does come from Ayurvedic medicine. So we are respectfully borrowing it from Ayurvedic medicine in my practice. But a couple of capsules, a couple of times a day, that's the thing with all herbal formulas. I'll say, dear listener, is that we all are accustomed to prescription medications, which like people can take once a day, maybe twice a day. But herbs really, I feel, are most effective, especially when interfacing with the nervous system when taken every you know four hours or more when you're deal- if you're dealing with a stressor. So I would say two times a day minimum for ashwagandha, ideally three doses per day. But I love it because it really does, in big doses, I think it will start to make people a little bit sleepy. But what I love about it is it, for the most part, will play nice with a wide variety of people. Uh, You can take it in big doses or large doses. It's not going to sedate you too much. And it's just, it reminds me a little bit of uh, magnesium, which I know we're talking about adaptogenic herbs here, but I would also consider magnesium Mm -hmm. as a nutrient probably like my primary line of like first line intervention as far as expanding someone's capacity and expanding someone's bandwidth. So it, to me, ashwagandha and magnesium have a similar, not personality, but they have similar characteristics in that they are just, they just give you a little bit more. I got this. I got this. Yeah. Yep. And I, I love ashwagandha for when you're exhausted, but you can't sleep. It's that tired, yeah, tired, but wired. Wired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The herbalist Kiva Rose has a quote about ashwagandha that I really like it she's a bit withania which is the latin for ashwagandha helps us to reacquaint the body with a less draining and far more grounded type of energy that we all possess inside yes it's yeah it's about fuel efficiency i feel like mm-hmm. this is circle back to that metaphor of from if it's a car it's about miles per gallon or to circle or to pull in like a movement metaphor it's about less energy leaks do you have an energy leak when you're doing your squat or your deadlift meaning is part of your form making it so that you're wasting energy or your running gait right like it's about those energy leaks so it, it's, it removes some of the unnecessary fretting if you will and then as far as a liquid formula speaking of uh, a tired but wired people also really like milky oats herbalists also really like mil- milky oats for that tired yeah. but wired thing sometimes as well and so that one would be my the as far as a liquid formula, I'm gonna say I have uh, one, two, three, four, four to five plants that I would put in that, and like holding down that formula and just like the rock, uh, the foundation of that formula would be milky oats. Uh, if someone tolerates yeah. oats, very unfortunately, I do not tolerate oats well, so my personal experience with milky oats is limited. But milky oats, again, some people love it for that tired but wired. But again, it is so nutritive to the nervous system. It's so gentle. It's so safe to take over the long term that it's probably a tie in my mind yeah. between ashwagandha and milky oats. What's the what's the best? Yeah, or the, what's the classic example of a true restorative nerve tonic or there, a true adaptogen? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I would almost say ashwagandha fits that bill of the true adaptogen, you know, where it has that capacity to really energize. Mm -hmm. And then milky oats really just embodies that archetype of nourishment. It's restorative. Milky oats is the Scottish grandma that come brings you in, gives you a hug, and feeds you some porridge. Porridge. <laughs> For my Outlander fans, or par- how do they say it in the Outlander? Parridge? Oh, uh, Parridge. There pot-itch. we go. Parridge. There you go. For my Outlander fans, so you're welcome. Yeah, so that would definitely be the foundation of that formula. And then I, to that, I would add very closely right behind that in terms of my favorite adaptogenic, truly adaptogenic plants would be holy basil or Tulsi basil. I love that was one of the first plants I actually had a relationship with that I didn't even know what I was seeking it I I was seeking it out in a time where I really needed an adaptogen like a nourishing restorative nerve tonic and it just it landed in my life it was growing everywhere at the farm where I worked and we just could not keep up with it and so I was like what am I gonna do with all this Tulsi basil and it smelled so good it's so easy to grow and it has this quality of not only do I think the aromatics of it are like a big part of where the magic is, right? Like aromatics have a, vari- a wide variety of medicines, but including that is there. It's basically you're getting a little bit of aromatherapy when you are intaking in mm-hmm. Tulsi basil tea, especially if it's fresh. But it also has a, what I would describe as an invigorating quality. Yes. It's not quite, you know, it's definitely not stimulating it's not even really, it, it's a little bit energizing, but I would say that the best word for it is invigorating. It feel like invigorating. It, it, yeah, it, it gives you more vigor. And it also is, it's that type of vigor where, or that type of uplifting energy where it's, I'm not, it's not like a cup of caffeine. It's not like I feel like yeah, I, my a- vibrations are going higher. It's about, again, sharpening the focus of the camera and it's about removing some of the noise. It helps you remove some of the yeah. noise and focus the camera and put one foot it's in front of the other. Yeah, it, it encourages and uplifts. Yes, it is very encouraging. I would also say, I would say Tulsi is invigorating, encouraging, and aromatic, if it's, I had three words. You know, in Ayurveda and in the Indian tradition, it's used as a devotional plant. Yes. And so it's actually considered to foster a sense of gratitude. Mm. And so it's like that wake up and smell the roses, appreciate what's around. Yep. You know that now that you say that, I would uh, completely agree with that. It helps you feel gratitude and feel, yeah, things might be hard, but like I'm alive and I'm here. Yeah. That's that it has that kind of like quality to it. And then to that, I would add Damiana or Skullcap, depending on the person. I don't, I feel like I would flex on either Damiana or Skullcap. So Damiana has this lovely, for me, it has this like lovely feminine quality to it. It has a, uh, it's also pretty aromatic. And grounding. Yeah, grounding. It ha- it does have a downward energy. It has a reputation as like an aphrodisiac plant, but really I-, I would probably agree with the people that say that's because it helps relieve stress. And when you feel less stressed, you a lot of most people feel more horny. But it I feel like it's specifically what I reach for when there's this exhaustion from overwork, but a lot of it is like that care work maybe is the right term for it. It's I am exhausted from meeting everybody else's needs and I need help focusing in on what my needs are and how to yeah. lovingly meet my own needs as part of this larger constellation. That's how I would describe yes. Damiana and what Damiana has taught me personally. And it's a very social, it, the yeah. social in, social engagement is yeah. on. It's about the collective. I feel like Damiana speaks to this exhaustion from 
caring for the collective because it's not that we don't you know we do that because we love it but we also sometimes that it becomes hard to balance the take care of me and take care of others especially in the world that we live in and especially if you are raised socialized as as a woman you are then actively discouraged from prioritizing your own needs so i feel like i yeah. also end up giving it to women or people socialized as women or femmes and so that's when i because i work with mostly those people i end up reaching for it a lot in those cases uh, i would switch that out for skull cap in this formula if the person was dealing with more sensory overwhelm as part of yeah. this symptom picture uh, because skull cap is also really safe to take over the long term, lovely. It's also or and or like nerve, like pain. Sometimes it can speak to if your pain flares up when you're stressed, or there's just like low level nondescript, like I just feel not good in my body, I, yeah. kind of thing. I think a skull cap is for it's a noise filter. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's noise like, canceling headphones. Noise canceling headphones. That's yeah. a really good. Yeah, that's yeah. how I feel about skull cap. And then lastly, I would put in. Just a small part of saffron. Oh, and you want to nice. talk about like uplifting, neuro anti-inflammatory, everything is going to be okay. Yeah, It's very warming and it doesn't take much so you can't go overdo it. But that is saffron to me. I have a, a formula that I use for seasonal depression or winter, the winter blues, if you will. And it's St. John's wort and saffron and I call it sunshine. So I feel like oh, I between that. those two, they have this sort of like sunshine vibe yes, to them it has that sunshine uplifting yep vibe. it's like laying in the grass on a sunny day when it's like warm enough to be outside without a jacket on but not so hot that it's unpleasant that's how i feel yeah. about saffron <laughs> and i'll springboard on that obviously maybe a little bit off topic but a lot of uplifting herbs like st john's wort mm. uh, mimosa bark sometimes yeah. they can be a little too pokey especially serotonin yeah. mm -hmm. plants yeah mm -hmm. be um in trauma yeah and saffron is this magical thing that it gives the um that those plants that we can want from give those plants in yeah. depression and and for serotonin kind of uplifting but it seems to do it in a way that for whatever reason is far less pokey or triggering and far more tolerable and Lots of different nervous systems. Yeah, not contraindicated like St. John's wort sometimes is in certain cases or with certain medications and things like that. So yeah. saffron actually also has been studied to be as effective as certain anti certain classes of antidepressants as well. So it is a very effective uplifting yeah. plant, but it just has that really like sunny antidote to the winter blues vibe to it. So I would say mm -hmm. that would be my liquid formula would be milky oats, Tulsi, Damiana, and saffron. Uh, and if I would do that, or I would do ashwagandha capsules. I mean, there's no reason you couldn't do both, but I would say those are my two. What about you? What is your perfect adaptogen, okay. true adaptogen formula? So my perfect true adaptogen formula, it could be split up, but I'm going to make <laughs> it one formula. We're, we like to inject nuance, so, but we have to be careful not to inject too much nuance, yes. guys, or we'll lose you. Yeah. So to start with, I second ashwagandha and milky oats. Classic. So that would be... Those would be my classic base. The third miracle trio <laughs> that I would add to the to those two power couple would be power thruple, if you will. Oh, the, sorry to make a, a power thruple. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I would cut you cotton off. Cottonopsis. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Cottonopsis. Yes. So cottonopsis, which is called dongshin, mm -hmm. is a nourishing polysaccharide-rich tonic from Chinese medicine. It's mm -hmm. considered it's a, a chi tonic that. Mm -hmm. It is called, sometimes called the poor man's ginseng. 
And it's called that because literally this interesting thing you have to learn in studying Chinese medicine is when you look at all of these formulas from Chinese history and a lot, and all the ones that have ginseng, 60% of the time, those formulas are given with cottonopsis instead of ginseng. Wow. Oh, yeah. So you look at the formula in the book and it says ginseng. Like, man, they use a lot of ginseng. But then you learn actually in practice, it's substituted so frequently because literally the effect of cottonopsis is considered to be so on par with ginseng except for the stimulation yeah that they are that they are considered interchangeable for energetic purposes so basically they say give cottonopsis unless you need that extra stimulant Mm -hmm. effect so Mm -hmm. it's like it's if you could take the stimulant out of ginseng or out Mm -hmm. of american ginseng which is probably a better analog because cottonopsis has a moistening quality if you could take the zing out the nourishing, building, resilience, promoting under undertones of mm-hmm. ginseng is what is a part of cottonopsis. And it, yes. it has some very amazing effects on improving the gut bacteria health. The selective they, probiotic, is it not? It's a selective or, probiotic. Sorry, prebiotic, selective prebiotic. Prebiotic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's some studies being on about how it can increase gut serotonin building it's been specifically studied for increasing platelet counts in mm-hmm. in patients with lower platelet counts it 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 really we can, i i can't begin to unpack on a metabolic level the things that it builds it's interesting it's not as much of a nerving as almost as most of the other things we talk about when talking about long term adaptogens it really gets in the body yeah. and helps body resilience the undertones of is my digestive system resilient enough is my platelet count like how's my blood doing my platelet count Mm -hmm. how is all that underneath and so Mm -hmm. i find it then plays really well with something like ashwagandha and milky oats to create this harmonizing effect of generalized resilience i've only ever used this in as a water-based extraction so as a decoction or a tea are you using it as a tincture as well i'm not so that's where that is where i'm cheating in this formulation (laughs) is that since cottonopsis works as a water formulation it i use it as a preserved decoction so basically Uh, i make a decoction boil (laughs) it down and add alcohol slightly complicated so to make it all in one bottle this is slightly complicated but but it's okay we're dreaming here we're dreaming here, but also I can do it like Alyssa, where it's liquid formula with then ashwagandha and cottonopsis right. as a, as in a my dream, yeah. in my dream formula, the ashwagandha and the cottonopsis, I boiled them and, and preserved then, decoctions and yeah. preserved them. Yeah. Which you so, guys, your herb, your product line does use that in your product line and just as a, yes. you know, as a yes. plug for Forest Product Line, he's really doing some really innovative stuff such as preserved decoctions as part of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Check Two out, products. check out Mountaineer Botanicals. We feature a lot of preserved decoctions. Maybe we'll really feature this one us. soon. Yes. Let's, I was going to say, let's, why are we not making this one for us? Okay. So milky oats, so, ashwagandha, cottonopsis. Love that. I yes. Just... And, and that could be the formula. Mm-hmm. That could be the formula on its own. I'm, I like more herbs, so I'm going to add a, a couple more. <laughs> the next one I add would be nettle. 
And it'd be a hard pick to say which part of the nettle, but maybe, but I think the nettle seeds is the most appropriate for everyone. Um, yeah, because nettle it's leaf not as can, dr- yeah, it, it's drying. not quite as drying as nettle leaf, and it's a lot more sustainable than nettle root. Than nettle root. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to go with nettle seed, and nettle okay. seeds are nettles in general. Let's just say are a urtica diaca. Yeah, is a nutritive powerhouse. It yes. was. We think about what are the foods, and I'm really into my own to my Celtic ancestry and like. Oats and nettles yep. would be the two dominant, like what you take to nourish an undernourished body, whether yep. that's because of famine or because of a hard winter or what that nettle soup and oatmeal or even nettle soup with oatmeal in it is just like these nutritive powerhouses. Yep. And so nettles, it nourishes the kidneys. And that's what I know of it for. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, it's what we really think about is increasing renal function. It has developed reputation amongst some herbalists as having a quote unquote, air quotes here, mm-hmm. adrenal building quality. Yeah. And I think that comes from us using in the herbal world, the term adrenals is a bulky term. Yeah. It may not be anything to do with the adrenals, but the nettles is used for when there's long periods of fatigue mm-hmm. there's long periods of mm-hmm. convalescence and it's again it's a little bit more in the body maybe like cottonopsis where yeah. it's not as much for like mental nervous system burnout but when that burnout is to the point that now the body is is depleted. starting to be depleted we think nettled is a protein very protein rich for being a green yeah. vegetable yeah and so that that piece there people you would take nettles this would be more as a food to build protein levels and build muscles back up after a long period of being bed bound or sick Mm -hmm. and nettles especially nettle seeds has kind of a amputeric or a balancing effect on cleansing now cleansing is all is probably a whole nother can of worms than adaptogens and we won't get into that in there but there is a sense that nettles nourishes, but also helps us get rid of the things that are eliminates. Yeah. That need to be eliminated, but mm-hmm. both in the body, in helping to nourish the kidneys, build the kidneys, but also help the kidneys get rid of what needs to be excreted. But then I, I find that energetically they help with that as well, building us up, giving us the things we need, but also giving us a slack to get rid of the things that we don't. Um, yep. You think about whipping with nettle to bring out, yes, to bring out the heat, which is, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I said not if. Urtication folks for our dear listeners is like a, a slightly more masochist or like sadistic version of dry brushing. <laughs> yes. So I, I use Masochistic, like, not sadistic. It, Sorry. If milky oats is the grandma that is everything's going to be okay, here's a hug, have some porridge, it's going to be good. Nettles is the is that same grandma that says, okay, time to get your life together. Get your ass up. Get, Let's go. Wake up. It's time to get up. Opens the here. blinds, runs in your room. Opens the blinds. <laughs> Let's do this. My last herb in my dream formula, which was very hard to narrow down, mm-hmm. would be hawthorn berry. And this one, 
is a you little Celtic, you little Celtic. Yeah, yeah. I'm making a Celtic. I'm making a. I'm making a, a Celtic with plus two Chinese and one. One Ayurvedic. <laughs> but um, Hawthorne is a emotional heart nurse. I mean, we, it's a literal heart food. It's in fact a lot of more research on it is for cardiovascular function. Right. But it is also a nourishing food for the emotional heart in this interesting mm -hmm. way of like where that sense of the heart comes to match the actual physical heart. So while it helps build the heart's resilience to, you know, I love it for helping in building cardiovascular endurance, helping in, in certain cardiovascular conditions. Mm -hmm. It also helps with building that heart's capacity for love and acceptance. Yes. But also, and I think this is even if you look at the plant, you have these beautiful flowers, open mm -hmm. flowers, these mm -hmm. juicy, nourishing red berries that nourish our love. But then there's also very spiky thorns. Yes. All over the hawthorn tree. And so that is that it's duality. It also nourishes boundaries. Only the worthy. Only the worthy can get the berries. Mm -hmm. And once you're in the embrace of the hawthorn tree, it protects you. Squirrels and birds during the winter will go and eat the hawthorn berries that are still there later than other berries. But they also go to the hawthorn tree for refuge because mm -hmm. they can eat the berries. And then when Hi. a hawk or whatever kind of <laughs> predator comes to, to eat them and take advantage of the fact that it's winter and there's not leaves. as a lot of places to hide. There's no leaves. The hawthorn tree says, uh-uh-uh, not here. Not my squirrels. Not my squirrels. Um, <laughs> and I think that hawthorn really creates embodies that. that. Mm -hmm. Embodies that. And so I think that that's something that we need and something yeah. that we don't think about. So while we have the workhorses of ashwagandha and milky oats that are building our general resilience to go out there yeah. in and deal with all the stressors, even the ones we want. Hawthorne is helping us to think what's important to us, what nourishes our hearts, and what do we need to kind of keeps, keep it in arms late away. Yep. Protection and softness. The, the dynamic tension between protection and softness. That's lovely. All right, so uh, give us the full list of your adaption formula just oh, one yeah. more time. So, so, that so my full formula would be cottonopsis and ashwagandha, milky oats, fresh milky oats, some form of nettle, probably nettle seeds, and hawthorn berries. Lovely, beautiful, elegant, very elegant. All right, dear listeners, so in summary, the things that you find in the health food store right now are not probably not true adaptogens. I mean, maybe ashwagandha, but... That doesn't mean that such a thing doesn't exist that will help you adapt to your stress over time. It's just not what's sold in the store. What's sold in the store is an adaptogen or mostly the stimulant adaptogens that we have been talking about for the last three episodes, where they will give you short-term superpowers, and they are great, and they absolutely have a place, but that is not the same as the plants that will help you adapt better to stress over time, making your gas tank bigger, making your fuel efficiency better, helping you get more proverbial miles per gallon those plants are restorative tonics or restorative nerve tonics or nerve tonics as they're sometimes called and those are a safe to take over the long period of time b effective to take over the long period of time and c 
are not going to uh, give you the short-term superpowers of having a bunch of energy, but rather are going to help you put a little drip in the bucket and make a deposit into the bank and help make your container bigger over the long term. Did I miss anything for us? Oh. All right, dear listeners, this has been the Move Nourish podcast, and we will catch you next time. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. Thanks for listening. 